Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's got a complicated relationship with his aunt. It's Arturo Zurita! Hey! It's been a while, guys. Good to uh, be back here and talking about the movies, the TV... The Netflix. Is Netflix TV or is it movies? Like, what is it? Is it its own channel? You know, they used to have now? that, HBO used to have that slogan, it's not TV, it's HBO. Like, I think Netflix has got to be like, it's not HBO, this is Netflix, motherfuckers. Netflix. <laughs> Yet they all are ready for those Emmy nominations, which is all TV. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and yeah, it's good, it's good to be back. Um, Had ourselves a little bit of a summer ended? break. A little bit, yeah, you know. Uh, but it wasn't as big of a break as this uh, wait for season eight of game of thrones is going to be so that's going to be freaking ridiculous but it's good to be back yeah i got my uh point premium root beer i kind of i kind of left my i i'm even sponsoring them right here i was in wisconsin for a bit i know you were you know you might be talking about the festival you were at but uh for me i was just uh just hitting up some breweries point some wisconsin highly recommend it even their non-alcoholic stuff (laughs) nice yeah i got myself uh uh, Heller High Watermelon here. It's just about the end of Heller High Watermelon season. I have not tried that. You should. You should before it goes uh, out of season, out of brew. I don't, I don't know what the term is in, yeah. in brewering. Out of uh, the stores. No, I actually have that on my list. I have like a whole list of beers. That is one of them. Never, I have not tried it. It's a good now one. Now that you're trying it. All right, cool. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, in a little bit we'll talk about that huge break between seasons of Game of Thrones. Get into a little bit of... Movie Pass talk and more Game of Thrones talk, but first we start this podcast the way we start every podcast. Art, what have you been watching? Uh, to catch up, I thought. Let's see, what did we have? We had um, Logan Lucky. Mm-hmm. Thought it was decent. It was cute for what it was, so, but honestly, it felt like Soderbergh made a rental. Like he literally, this is this is his Netflix movie that he should have been here just parroting himself. Uh, the two recommendations have been saying this for the longest time. Uh, Brigsby Bear. Wind River, two of the ones that I saw at Sundance. I brought it up in the past, brought it up now. We'll continue to bring it up. Watch Wind River if you can. I feel like that's got the wider release. I've seen that in more places. Yeah, it's actually been doing okay at the box office. I think it's number four this past weekend. Ooh, that's nice. For Wind River is is a huge number. It's huge. That is huge. Yeah, because I felt like it just came... And I'm like, does anybody know that this is like one of the best movies of the year? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've yet to see it again, which is why I've made a video or anything on it. But uh, I do want to make something. Because yeah, but I saw your new video on uh, Brigsby Bear, your favorite, favorite movie so far this 2017. year. 2017. Call me out if you want, but I can guarantee you, I know when something's my favorite movie. Nothing is yet to. Be, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. when you get married. It's like, how do you know she's the one? You still got your rest of your life to live. It's like you just know. Mm-hmm. And I just know Briggsby Bear is. I've loved seeing other people watch it and come out saying that it's their favorite of the decade as well. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's always awesome when you get that kind of response to, especially a movie like Briggsby Bear. Which I mean, let's face it, like that's not what you normally think it's, of when yeah, you think about no. like best of the year, best of the decade, or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, I still haven't caught up with that, but yeah, based on your recommendation, I, I really, really need to see it. Super personal, so it's not one of those where it's like not everyone's gonna like it, and that's kind of what makes it better. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it. That kind of actually goes with the story. The fact that nobody else may know about it or likes it, but you do, is what makes it special. Awesome. I haven't seen as much in theaters. I've been catching up on some of the uh, Netflix shows. I finally caught up on the OA, which, like... What'd you think? Man, that show's pretty. I think a lot of the stuff that Zal and Britt do has, like, beautiful moments. But, wow, that was unsatisfying. It's, He's it, the same one. They did the East and yeah. uh, all those, right? Yeah. 
I'm kind of desperate to see them I, I really like that they work together so much, but I want to see them take on a script written by anybody else. One that isn't yeah. nearly as self-serious. Maybe something that has a little bit of comic relief for a and, change. Yes. Something that doesn't cast Britt Marling as like this vacant vessel of like godliness. I, it, it's just, I, I think they threw out so many threads and I, there was a few that I found interesting and I was kind of there for it. Would you say they left a lot of doors open? Man, all the doors, <laughs> all the doors open. I, I'll I, be honest. I saw four episodes, and then I looked, turned to my girlfriend, and I said, "Spoil the rest of this for me." And the moment she spit out, what she spit out one line about what happens at the end, I was like, "You had me sit here through four? <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I had this. There's a few people recommended this to me, and I a lot of yeah, kind of dig Zal and and Brit stuff, but like, I just I couldn't. I, I sat through all eight, and I really cannot believe they were going to make a second season of this and, and not make more, like, Girl Boss or something. It, it, it's just baffling to me how, how little it adds up to, how, mm -hmm. how we don't get much there. Um, so I've been trying to cleanse my palate of that with some Netflix stuff. I saw Wet Hot American Summer 10 years later. I'm which, still saving that one. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, you know what you're getting into with the Wet Hot series. I will say that this, I think, is a decided step down from where uh, the first day of camp one was. I think yeah. they kind of go, like, too absurd, which, you know, it's hard to say because, like, it it's is already, already extremely yeah. absurd, but it feels like it's going like it's trying even harder than it was before. They're a little bit the comedy's a little bit sweatier. I'm the, I'm yeah. never gonna not recommend something from this group of people because even if I think half the jokes didn't work, they're coming at you so fast that there's a lot of yeah, uh, really really, really funny work. moments there. Uh, so even though it's not necessarily my favorite thing I've seen recently, it's uh, still worthy of a recommendation. But what I've been enjoying even more than that is uh, I'm three episodes into Atypical, the uh, new Netflix show uh, that stars Keir Gilchrist, uh, Jason, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Michael Rappaport yeah. as a family sort of dealing with their 18-year-old son who is on the autism spectrum. And it's a really delightful show. It's very good. Yeah. I, mean, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's sort of like there's more and more of these shows recently that try to take like a very uh, humane and normal look at uh, the lives of people who are, are ne not necessarily, you know, on the spectrum. Uh, yeah, who, yeah, 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 not your what would be a normal character exactly. study that you see in movies. And uh, it, it, they've done this in a really, really empathetic and, and wonderful way. You kind of get a look at these symptoms that the Keir Gilchrist yeah. character has to go through. Uh, and see just how different his day-to-day -day life is while not necessarily making it this strange and kind of other experience. He's not like a he's magical a, character. He's a person. Yeah. He has likes, dislikes. He has bad things to him. That's I noticed that in the first episode because a bunch of my subscribers recommended it. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay. Because, I, you know, I personally, my little sister has Down syndrome, so I kind of like can relate to the family dynamic and all of yeah. it. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, the show gets I think Netflix has gotten better from 13 Reasons and, like, Suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, I think them picking up to the bone, I thought right. that uh, handled the scenario. Uh, you know, different scenario, but still something deep. And mm -hmm. then this one, like, it's even more lighthearted. I think they're getting better at that. Uh, the way they handled vampires with Santa Clarita diet. They've just been overall really good at handling these very heavy issues that nobody else wants to tackle. Yeah, I mean, it, like, you... you 
I want to back away just from the heavy issue thing for a sec because it is like a fun show. Like just, even yeah. when it deals with the the issues of his autism, it it does it in a way that it's it's kind of like an awkward sitcom for the most part. Yeah. He he's not that different from you know I guess like a Sheldon on Big Bang Theory, except like I think it's it much more nuanced and and nowhere near as cheesy as Big Bang Theory. Uh, no, uh, yeah. I I I don't like Big Bang Theory. I like this show a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm only a little bit into it, so I want to keep going with it. But and beyond even the Kira Gilchrist character, I think it gives uh, the other characters in the family quite a bit to do. It seems like yep. it is a pretty fun cast, so I'm curious to see uh, where Atypical goes from here. Same. Um, I know you said that you uh, were watching a little bit of The Defenders. You're not too far into that? Yeah, okay, so look at this. I think like everyone, most people saw Daredevil Season 1. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, that's not bad, right? Yeah, And then, okay. you know, cool they came out fight. with... Uh, yeah, the hallway fight. Everyone always... They all have these. Uh, have one of those. What was after? I think it was Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. I'm sure like most people saw it. And some people stuck with it. Some people didn't. Yeah. And then uh, Season 2 of Daredevil came out. I did not... Wasn't able to get through the entire thing. I hear the Punisher's in it. Uh, Luke Cage kind of revamped me a bit more. I, I really did like Luke Cage, and what really stuck with me, and I that's why I can't say it for everybody, but was the whole hip-hop influence, Mahershala Ali, the way each uh, thing was titled based off of a track. Um, haven't seen Iron Fist? Don't plan on seeing Iron Fist. Bad Nothing to do with too. the whitewashing. It just looks like Dookie. <laughs> oh. I don't care. Like, I, they could have gotten a straight-up redneck. To play Iron Fist. Just, that ain't the problem. Yeah. The problem is how bad I've heard that show is. So I was like, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw on Defenders because it's it's eight episodes I hear. Or eight, ten, somewhere around there. Not the 13. So they cut up a little bit of filler. I like that, obviously, because it's more expensive. Yeah. Um, having everybody, so shorter episodes. I put it on and I'm watching this. I only got one episode bit. Yo, it's good. It is. I'm just watching this and I'm like. The fans of this show do not recognize the work being put in here. Every and I'm working on a video for this. Every single character, their production design. Every time Luke Cage shows up, it's yellow. Hmm. The the little hints on the on the ties in his shirt, in the in the lighting. When hmm. Jessica Jones shows up, it's a bunch of shades of blue. And just usually it would be more expensive because of the cast. Right. But it's like I can tell. I'm okay with shorter episodes, which one I'm always for anyway. Uh, but because literally the, they take the time for the production design for each of these characters. It is red when what's his name shows uh, Daredevil. Daredevil shows up. It's greed because I guess you want to vomit when Iron Fist shows up. <laughs> and just like the way that they meet up. I saw the scene, but I'm not fully in there yet. I don't know. It was fantastic. And then the editing. The way they cut between characters. What's his name puts his hood on? And then Jessica Jones takes her off. And you're in the next scene already. And I'm like... <laughs> I recommend it. I like it. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I kind of dropped out on all those uh, Marvel Netflix shows, but yeah, I've been so hearing much. some good things about Defenders, so I, I, I'm curious to check that out. I mean, it's one of the advantages of being able to team up all these people is like, oh, it's not just one person who's good enough to carry a show. Yeah. You got all of them in there, all three of them, because I'm not so sure about the <laughs> Iron Fist guy. 400 of their side characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. Luckily, Rosario Dawson is in all of them, so... Yeah. All right, we are going to move forward into Yay or Nay, our weekly look at the latest in the entertainment industry. A bit of a shorter one, because we want to get into more Game of Thrones stuff quick. But we'll start with Game of Thrones and Yay or Nay, too, with Game of Thrones' seventh season in the bag. Attention Mm -hmm. turns to the next season's measly six episodes. 
which we won't be seeing likely until 2019. The Wait, current... you say likely, is that not confirmed? I believe it's not 100% confirmed because they haven't set in stone their production dates. But currently, uh, well, <laughs> currently its uh, production is believed to, yeah, I don't think it's gonna be earlier, it could be even yeah. later than we're expecting. Currently they're expected to be shooting this thing until August 2018. And when you consider that this is gonna need months of post-production as any epic content of this kind would, we might not be getting this until a couple months into 2019, hopefully, hopefully early into 2019. Art, are you yay or nay on letting Benioff and Weiss take their time with season eight of Thrones? I don't have a choice, so it has to be a yay. I mean, this is that point where you say, take your time with it. I'm one of those who have said, season seven, you should have taken more time with it. Mm -hmm. I, I get production costs and everything going up there, but y'all, we pay for it. For I know y'all leaking episodes in Spain, but we're paying <laughs> for HBO. You can get the money. Like, I, I know this thing about it getting more expensive, but you're the biggest show on television. Don't give me that. You can get the money. Yeah. The rush in it, whatever. I felt season seven. Look, I, I loved season seven. It's still rushed, though. Season 8, I yep. want them to take their time. We have Westworld, I guess, in 2018 to keep us there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, have to. Yeah, I, you know, it's a reluctant yay for me, too, just because I saw the same season you did. It, it'll be nice for them to, like, really... Breathe! Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot going on. They need to chill out and uh, they've only got six six episodes left granted now, these are supposed to be supersized that, episodes yeah yeah I'm uh, cool with that there was that report that every episode is supposed to be at least 90 minutes long which is crazy 90 minutes and with the pacing they got now and how they travel we're probably gonna it's, season eight is gonna be eight years long. my only question is if we're getting these feature length episodes can they not, like, split it up and give us yes. a couple in 2018? I'll take three. Exactly. Give us Sherlock season. I'll Do, take oh, yeah, three. Sherlock thing, yeah. I'll take three at the end of 2018 happily, even if it means that it's not, like, a proper season ender. But, man. Who cares? Uh, it's going to what, be... What, whatever happened to the mid-season? Yeah, the mid-season break. Let's bring that back, HBO, please. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if I can do a whole... Year and a half. Year and a half. It's gonna be tough. I, I'm I'm starting a Game of Thrones rewatch soon because I'm just I, you have not to, ready yeah. to say goodbye. Uh, moving on, Ed Screen. I don't really know how to pronounce his name. Has mm -hmm. backed out of a Japanese American role in Hellboy. Uh, the actor took to Twitter to publicly back out of the role of Ben Daimyo after becoming aware of the character's Asian heritage. Art. Are you yay or nay on this move from actor Ed Screen? Ed Screen's the dude from Transporter, right? Yes. Ed Screen was, was in Game of Thrones before he got recast, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that man took... He, he went from Bravos. He had no problem taking that role. Or maybe he <laughs> dropped out. Maybe he dropped out. That's why they recast him for the better-looking Dario. I get it. And I get it from his standpoint. I don't care. Yeah. To be completely honest, if the because I don't know too much about the character, so let me back up from that first of all. If the character is very enriched in Asian culture, right? Like everything about him mm -hmm. was that, then okay. You said Hellboy, right? Yeah. If he's gonna be CGI, you know what I mean? 
And again, I don't know the character. They cast you for a reason. Right. You leaving, they're just going to cast somebody else who's probably well, still not Asian. I, I, I guess the argument would be because he's kind of done it in this public way, like it would be a really bad look for them to not... Like that, now guess. he's put pressure on them to... But that's bogus too. Yeah, I mean... You moron, no one's going to hire you then. Why would you do that? I felt like the reason he did it publicly mm-hmm. was sort of to be like, I'm an advocate. Look yeah, at me. Yeah, I, I am an ally. I yeah. am a good guy. Yeah, but ain't nobody well, watching your movies first. So he, I think his, his casting was announced about a week ago and that he started to receive backlash. So I don't know how much of it that's is... That's what it was. Is him sort of just like angling for that ally thing and how much of it is him just being like I can't go through another year of being called a racist or, or whatever it is. <laughs> another year, uh, not another one. <laughs> <laughs> not another one. The, the last time. Um, the last yeah, I mean, really like, look, I'm going to give it a I, I, I'm going to give it a reluctant yay just because I do think it's like a noble gesture on okay. his part. Uh, the, like, He's lucky enough to be in a position <laughs> where he can do this and that uh, it's not going to necessarily kill his career yeah, right I, I now believe, i believe so <laughs> yeah not that i like i'm super familiar familiar with the career of ed screen but look, look he's had he's been cast in a bunch of stuff he was in deadpool he's in look, he's get he has his imdb is full of credits he'll yeah, be okay. he's got a bunch of stuff i i think this ends up being kind of a, a weird middle ground though where we're asking a lot of people who aren't necessarily in the positions of power i think it's much more important that the studios are inclined to cast someone who's Asian than an actor who is just looking for work uh, would be to like step back from the role because Mm -hmm. for a lot of actors a a role like this in a major franchise is like a career changer and it you know it'll be a career changer for the Asian actor who hopefully gets this part but I think it's a shame for uh, someone who potentially would get this role and it would be a great moment for them to then you know be be subjugated to uh, accusations that aren't necessarily things in their control. So I, yeah. while I don't necessarily think it's like a good standard to be setting, because he's in the position he's in, I think it's a good move. I think it's a noble gesture, so I'm kind of for it. I can see that. What I want is for him to be, to make his own movie and call it Reputation <laughs> and just come out and say the old... Uh, what's his name? Ed Screen is dead, and then he's just gonna, he's not gonna take the backlash from the audience anymore. <laughs> he, starring in his own biopic yeah. as himself. Look what you made Ed do. That's what I'm gonna call it. <laughs> Ed Screen, the ally story. Um, <laughs> moving on, it's a topic near and dear to the ATZ channel's video timeline. We're talking about Movie Pass, which yes. a couple weeks ago had the big, big announcement that they'll be dropping their membership to $9.95 a month. That's less than the price of a movie ticket in many major theater change, uh, chains, uh, change. Maybe <laughs> Plus, major theater change. It's the change. price of a cup of water at yeah. some theaters. Uh, which basically will allow people to see movies at ridiculous knockoff prices. This is the service that allows you to see a movie per day, essentially free with the membership. You know, it's, I don't know how yeah. to phrase it. Uh, so this ridiculous jo- drop in prices, a lot of people talking, it crashed the MoviePass website for yes, a little bit. Uh, AMC took 
is a threatening to take action against MoviePass, saying that this is an unsustainable model. Art, are you yay or nay on the move to 9.95 for MoviePass? Got two points of views from it. From a customer perspective, from a movie fan, I had MoviePass for two years. Ups and downs with it, but honestly, it's one of those things where you're like, it, it upsets you, and then you take a step back and you're like, I'm watching all these movies. These little issues, you know, like the GPS connecting or whatever, not being able to get, like, right. in retrospect, I a had, buggy like, app I, is not as bad as, like, having to pay exorbitant amounts of money. Ex- when you step back and you realize, I can wait 10 seconds for this to load, considering how much I'm actually spending in movies. Yeah, and with this new price, movie tickets, especially for you and I, where we live, you know, the closer you are to a city, they're expensive. They go for 12 yeah. bucks, so 9.95 is already just a discount for one ticket. And you have a model in where sometimes you're like, how many times do I have to use it for it to like, you know? Because mm-hmm. back when I had it, it was like 35 bucks. So it was like, okay, I got to make sure I use it at least like three and a half times. Right. Where I live work. right now, I can see eight movies a year and it would make this price worth it. That, that's absurd. I don't even have to go once a month. I go eight times a month. That's what I'm saying. Like for it to pay itself in that much, you go like that is insane and there's no reason for you to get it. Supposedly the clause is that you can opt out at any point if you don't like it. Like I said, even if you only use it once, you already overused it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Use it twice. That's over 200% that you've used of it. Yeah, you've made money sort of on that exchange. Exactly. That being said, I recommend getting it just to test it out. I'm testing it out again. Mm Mm-hmm. I see what AMC is saying. I love how AMC is pretending to be your friend, saying, we just don't want to get your hearts broken because we know that it's not going to sustain itself. AMC, we know what you're doing. The thing with it is, is that uh, MoviePass is broke. Like, this is... They're broke. That's why they, they are getting a bunch of money from this marketing company, this uh, analytic company that's getting a bunch of your information. What possible information could they be getting from you that they're willing to give MoviePass... Shoot, I'm I'm gonna say yeah. minimum, a hundred and fifty per customer, <laughs> per month. Right, it's it's a very strange deal. So, uh, basically, the way that MoviePass is sort of trying to legitimize this whole transaction is that they're making money off of selling your data. This is like the big move that a lot of companies are making, big data stuff, where yeah. they're doing market analysis and by seeing oh, people of this age go to this many movies per month. They will That's then be able authentic. to use that information, but it's, it, it's, it's, yeah, very, it's manipulated data. I, I don't know how useful that's all going to be. If that, if that data is going to continue to be useful to the point it's, where MoviePass yeah. will be able to sustain that insane price, it all seems unlikely, but definitely seems worth taking advantage of while it's around. So exactly. I'm jumping that's on that. I'm with. yay for the. Have you got price. it? I didn't yet because I've been away for a couple of weeks. I, I'm gonna. Do it. I'm gonna I highly recommend it. Like I said, if it's anything like when I had it. There should be good, even the bumps in the road. But for nine ninety five, you put jump on. I'm ready to get one for the whole family, for the whole block at that point. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, our last big news story for the moment: Apple is in talks to bring new re- newly released films to Apple Movies for a potential price of fifty dollars. Only two weeks after the film has hit theaters, supposedly they are in talks with at least one major studio about offering these rentals potentially even at 4K resolution. And there's some debate internally about whether or not they'll be offering these films for $20, $30, $50. Some studios are expected to ask for surcharges. Art, are you yay or nay on this potential new revenue path through Apple Movies? Did you say $50? Potentially, yeah. For a rental? For a rental. 
but of a brand new movie two weeks, two weeks after the theater. Two weeks? Look, I'm not advocating piracy. Your boys got it up in three days. They waited no two weeks. First of all, if someone wanted to see it at home, that's how they're watching it. Let's be completely honest with it. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it in theaters. Like I said, go get your movie pass. You ain't got to wait two weeks. Nine ninety five, not fifty bucks, and you can see it in a theater. No, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of that because I also think it it hurts the quality of the movie. I feel mm-hmm. because they're banking on different demographics. They're not pushing everything for the theater release, and if they're releasing it at home, I'm sure you and I agree that certain movies need to be watched in theaters. Right. And if they're customizing it because they know you're going to rent it on your iPhone, then when you're watching it in theaters, it's a bogus experience. Like I'm sure you and I both agree, we're the ones who want to go to the theaters. We mm-hmm. don't want to see those movies downgraded because they're waiting for it to make money on that. Plus, it's going to raise piracy. I don't see how people don't get that. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's the thing that is a huge... Do they uh, not get how pirates get their stuff? Yeah, that's a huge question mark for me that makes this path seem unsustainable for me, too. I'm going to go nay just because, like you, this is something that's going to make it easier to pirate movies. Uh, It's going to really hurt movie theaters much more than any of these Netflix deals hurt movie theaters. That they keep complaining about. I, I do like the idea of movies going to VOD more quickly, but I think that that this like exorbitant fee, this like mythical idea that a two week window is going to somehow alleviate uh, the concerns over whether or not it can make money. I, I don't. It seems no. it seems like a f- not fully thought out plan and I feel like this news story pops up every couple of years where like oh Apple is gonna have new really released movies and then it's like yeah IFC puts their movies on VOD and they're just gonna do a deal with Apple it's not anything huge so I don't really see a future in that particular plan yeah not a fan Uh, we're gonna get to the rough cuts really quickly some shorter movie news stories first of all Beyonce is in talks to do the theme for Bond 25 art yay or nay yeah, sure. I'm for it. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, it's always good when they get those iconic types of stars who, involved for these types of things. You have to top Adele. So yeah, if true. You gotta bring who you gotta bring who in the, the big last ones. One who did Spectre? Exactly. Oh no, but he didn't he win an Oscar? Yeah, he Sam won the Smith? O- Yeah, it was Sam Smith, which I we just all hated that stuff. song. First of all, it was not going to be anywhere near Skyfall. Yeah. But it also was not Oscar material. Did it win the Oscar? Yeah. I know. Uh, hey, well, Beyonce, win the Oscar, <laughs> get that, uh, what's it called when you get all four? <laughs> oh, uh, EGOT. EGOT, get the EGOT, even though I don't get think she's EGOT. got a Tony, but you never know. Yeah, she'll, she's on her way. She'll get there yeah. eventually. Uh, Patton Oswalt's new comedy special, his first since the untimely death of his wife, Michelle McNamara, yeah. is set to hit Netflix on October 17th. Art, are you yay or nay for this new special? I'm yay for it. I, I think Patton Oswalt's hilarious. Uh, I love the fact... You ever hear a story? He was the biggest movie fan. Loved movies. Knew everything about movies. And then he said, you know what? Why, why am I not working in movies? And he decided right. to take all that knowledge and just like and, and start doing it. So it's like, every time I see Patton Oswalt, I'm like, you're one of us. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm yeah, he is it. a huge film nerd. Uh, his, huge. His, he's got a book uh, called Silver Screen Fiend, which is just all about his love for movies, which is a really great read. I'm definitely yay on this. I've been a big fan of his comedy for a while. And, uh, you know, just... It was a shocking news story to hear when his uh, wife yeah, said, I'd like that. But, you know, he, his posts on Facebook are frequently very, like, life-affirming. So I'm very curious to see what kind of special he's going to put out there, uh, mm-hmm. having been through as much personally as he's gone through recently. And, and the best comedy is often fed uh, by stuff like that. 
All right, so should we head into our topic of the week? Let's do it. We are talking Game of Thrones Season 7. This week we saw the end of a up-and-down season that uh, had fans and critics alike divided, but I think people are, are pretty excited about where we've ended up heading into uh, the eighth season of Game of Thrones whenever we get that. Uh, of course, this is going to be a very, very spoiler-heavy discussion, so if you mm-hmm. don't want to hear spoiler details on Game of Thrones Season, season get your 7... your dragon glass out of here if you don't yeah. want to hear it. <laughs> so click ahead, we'll put a time code somewhere on the screen or in the uh, description down below. So, first of all, I just wanted to ask you on your overall thoughts on Season 7. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Art put a video out on his channel, The ATZ Show, talking about uh, his big problem with the recent season of Game of Thrones, but that doesn't mean you dislike the recent season Absolutely of Game of Absolutely not. You have problems with your loved ones, you know, you see, you see the flaws and stuff. You see those flaws because you love them. Uh, the way I've, I've been comparing it is that the first couple of seasons, not the first couple, the first five seasons of Game of Thrones, they took their time. The reason they were so awesome is because they're like, we're television, or sorry, we're HBO, and man, no, like, I personally felt no filler. They used all 10 episodes, every minute of each episode, to really tell a story. All these characters, they would show them to you. Like, it felt rewarding. And I loved HBO because it was one of those that it could never be a background. And they knew that if you were watching HBO in the background, and you were doing something, folding clothes or something, you turn around, all of a sudden a character is dead. You're like, what? How? Because they use every second of screen time. You turn around, all of a sudden there's a new character. All of a sudden something huge changed. And it's like, it demands you for you to sit down. Not that season 7 is bad in any way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can look at your top 10 list and be like, both of these movies would not fit in each other's worlds and the rules that they've set. Mm-hmm. But they're still good for what they are. Season 7, I think, is a fantastic action fantasy. Mm-hmm. And probably the best of its kind. But I felt Game of Thrones has always been not so much a fantasy world, but a medieval world with elements of fantasy in it. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And I think what a lot of people have been arguing about is just like, oh, well, it has dragons. Why are you complaining? Because within its world, it still has rules. Yeah. So this is like, this is the gremlins example that I like to tell people. Like, look, it doesn't matter how ridiculous your world is. If gremlins set up three rules for the world and followed them. That's all you need. If you if you establish something and you don't continue it, that's what's going to yeah. Like yeah, you have dragons, but if the dragon suddenly spurts a second head, that's gonna people are gonna be like, what the hell was that? Because we don't we didn't establish that dragons can do that. You just have to establish what people are capable of, and then it's not gonna be exactly mind blowing thing. So yeah, I I, like you thought that was a little bit jarring. Uh, I think for me, I ended up forgiving a lot of it just because of my knowledge that this is ending, you know? Yeah, again, that's my biggest... It's the pacing. It's like, like I get things can happen. I, I, I get it. It's mm-hmm. just the pacing. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, to me, it's like, do I want them to... Do I want to see three episodes of John taking a ship to Dragonstone, or do I want him to just get to Dragonstone? Yeah, and and with I, so, that's so valid. Little time, it's valid. Yeah. Do I mean... Do, does that mean I think it's great television? No, but I at least forgave uh, those sort of logic leaps that weren't necessarily crazy um for me the bigger problem was that like i think a lot of the the interactions were a little bit dumber than normal where uh game of thrones does a really good job of setting you up on here's the character's motivations here's 
what complicates them and, and things just seem to naturally come together in a way that seems faded. And mm -hmm. when you have them sort of putting together this, you know, really last minute plan, like let's go grab a white walker or a white and bring it back over the wall. Yeah, let's it's have just... all those moments that Littlefinger wasn't looking at us and just be like, ah, ha ha, we weren't really mad at each other. Yeah, it, no exactly. No one does that. Like it, it seems like there's a lot of... Uh, Benioff and Weiss talked a lot about how they had certain things in mind. They knew that they needed to get the dragon over the wall to have this ice dragon moment. Mm -hmm. They knew Checklist. They talked about uh, in the behind the scenes of the last episode that they've known for a long time the penultimate season would end with, with the that. wall coming down. So I think there's a lot of like, we need to get from A to B. <sighs> the we just got to figure out what's in the middle. And it's not yeah. as, it doesn't feel as... Con like consequential or as linearly logical as a lot of the stuff that's based on the books did. Oh no, I agree with you. Like the what you just said, the checklist is what we've seen in a lot, a lot of other things. I won't bring up the Walking Dead, but I'm gonna bring up the Walking Dead. You know <laughs> that the way they do that show is that we got to get to this, to mm -hmm. this. They have to arrive here by mid-season, and we by the ending, jail. It, it's gonna be right. Yeah, it's gonna be right when Prison. Negan shows up, and we can't show anything else. What are we gonna fit in between? I don't know, but those are your marks. Fill them, fill them in. You know what I mean. Yeah. And then they just drag it out. What, what were some of your low points then for uh, this season? While we're sort of criticizing it, yeah. Did, were there points where you really kind of felt d disappointed in Thrones? I just want to clear up. We're nitpicking, doing all these things, yes. but we adore the show. Like yes. I know some people. There are we'll some get people into who, our high points look, in a yeah, second. Yeah, there are some people who legit think there's nothing wrong with the show. Yeah. Brah, <laughs> and he made my god. Is <laughs> made by people. Please. There's bound to be literally recastings have happened. There are actors playing the same right. role who are not even the same people. Okay, it's a the show. Dorn was a thing for a little a while. Thing and that they people were like, forget, nah, but they nah, go, no, that, that. that's how they're supposed to. Okay, it's fine that something has mistakes. Um, we adore the show. Mm -hmm. That's why we're 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 talking about these little things. To me, again, it was just the pacing. I, I wanted. I I get the whole idea of no, we're not going to see them walk all the way to the wall. But it's just like, yeah. But within that, it's sort of like while they're going up north, while she's going up north, ain't nobody seen these dragons. Right. She got to pass by. Was she taking some detour? <laughs> um, just thinking of the finale, since you know that was the most recent one. One of the things that really stuck out to me. They did a lot of, uh, again, traveling stuff. Uh, and I feel like they're doing it intentionally, too. I gave a theory at the end of my video of what I think yeah. it is. But there's that moment where they're waiting for Khaleesi. But literally, Cersei just got there, sits down for like a minute, and then we hear the dragon. When she pulls up, she's like, we've been waiting here for a while. So I was like, okay, either Cersei's just being Cersei, right? And they weren't. Or it did time actually pass? Problem. Because at this point, do you know what I mean? At yeah. this point... I really don't be. know. It could have, yeah, it totally could have been like half an hour or an hour in Game of Thrones world, and it just doesn't really, it time me? doesn't the, seem like a big the, factor. Did the anymore. finale not begin with your boy Jamie and Bronn staring over and about to go to war, and then all of a sudden they're right near the shore? Yeah, there's definitely some like weird logic that has made it a little bit different. For me, the, the worst of the logic is... Uh, the scenes between Sansa and Arya, yes. where these two who haven't seen each other for years and years and years and years can so quickly be turned against each other. And ultimately, they redeemed it. I think the the actual scene uh, in the final episode was good. Was one of my favorite moments of the seventh uh, of the seventh season. It even though a lot of people don't like. Littlefinger, that was a great Littlefinger moment that was really well acted by Aidan Gillen, who I Very think good. has done some really great work on this show that 
people kind of miss him. Disregard. Yeah, people people diss on Littlefinger because he you hate is him. one of the creepiest people in Westeros. But Aiden Gillen has done excellent work as Littlefinger. He's fantastic. The fact that he makes you feel that mm-hmm. he's not a real. Pre- he's pretending. He's so he slimy. makes you feel that. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you? Did you feel that Arya and um, Sansa were actually fighting? Because I took it as nah, they were just pretending the whole time. So, to me, it does not make any sense, sense for them would be to pretending. have have been pretending until the end. Exactly. I think to me, I because uh, Sansa has that line, "I'm a slow learner, but I do learn." To me, I, that's that was her, actually the best line yeah. she has ever said. Uh, to me, that's her sort of being like. I didn't see what you were doing at first, but now I do. So I okay. think there there was legitimate conflict there. And to me, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why, to me either. Why, when there's so few Starks left, when you're you're so close to the scene yeah, of power, why would like, you just do that? figure it out. Like, just, or just talk to Bran, who knows everything about everything. The, we're the, going to get to my boy. <laughs> but no, I completely agree with you. Like, you see them fighting, and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Both of you are smarter than this. Yeah. But even within the fake fight, that's why I'm like, it has to be that they were faking it, yeah. right? But it doesn't make sense that you're faking it because Kaiser Soze doesn't limp when no one's watching him. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So why would they? If, if clearly they're in private, why would they be arguing? And then I started thinking, okay, you're, you're trying to maybe do a setup and it ended up being a setup. Maybe they were arguing, whatever it was. The arguments they had... In and of themselves. Not that we're thinking you, you you should be smarter than this. What they were saying made no sense. What did you do when dad was about to get choked? Why didn't you go save him? Well, you didn't do anything either. Yes, she did. You, you remember that conversation? And then you look right. back and you're like, actually, Arya, Sansa like straight up almost got herself killed. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's when that it's when the show forgets its own past and it's doesn't when the have show starts manipulating logic. things like an AMC show that you're Red like Counting this stuff. was yeah. not HBO. So so on the other hand, uh, what were some of the high points for you this season? What did you really enjoy about season seven? Uh, the action sequences. I, I still think a lot of people talked about the one with the you know the Avengers in in the snow scene with John and his boys. Uh, to me, this the episode that got leaked. In Spain, the 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 fire one, yeah, was absolutely fantastic. Uh, it was the one time in the entire so it happened twice. Actually, what this proves, I'm admit it. I don't know why, but I adore Jamie. Jamie had the two moments this season that, honest, and again, for those of you who don't understand, these are screens, right? For a screen portraying flat images to make you feel something is right. powerful. The the whole episode where, where where she pops up with the dragon when they're fighting there and she's just decimating people. Yeah, loot people dragon. Are say, people keep saying they're like, oh, there's too many fight scenes. I'm like, but each one is different. Like, mm-hmm. yo, Battle of the Bastards was dope, right? That that long shot, the, the them coming against them, all of it was insane. But they here, do a very good job of ver- bringing variety to those battles. Exactly. Scenes. There's no bodies. They just disintegrated. All right, that's dope. We're building it up. Then you give Braun that single, that long shot, that long take. Which was awesome. Which I'm a sucker for and was fantastic. This is what, like, we literally can make a list. The, the one at the Knights, uh, uh, at the wall. That Remember that one from back mm-hmm. in the day? That was double. That was just all from a, a long, oh, man. Uh, the or the one Battle of the Bastards long Battle of the Bastards. Too. This one, there's so many. But they then followed it up with literally the moment that I was like, because I thought it was going to happen. Yeah. Jamie goes straight forward. And, and it was when you have a character 
playing the audience, which was Tyrion at that moment, saying, no, just run. Right, right. And I, we're in the seventh season. I was so surprised when he didn't bite it right there. I mean, that's, a, that's to me was a moment where it seems like Game of Thrones in an earlier season would have just done that. Because one of the things that made the show special was the feeling that they could take anyone from you at any yes. moment. Yes. Even, and like, you know, even when they brought Jon Snow back, the fact that they took him once was hugely shocking. Yes. So it, it, I just think like, it's, you know, even though that was a great moment, it, it did end up getting sort of ne- almost negated by that beginning of the next episode. I, 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 I thought the battle was really great. Uh, to me, some of my favorite moments were in the way that they reunited a lot of characters. Uh, the walking and talking in the seventh episode, sixth season, uh, where they're beyond the wall, and oh. they're doing. You know, the Hound is talking to Tormund about Brienne. And Yo, I love when the Hound and Brienne were talking like parents. Yes, yes, exactly. They're like Arya's. That's good. begrudging step parents or something like that. Yes. It's you know moments like that are beautiful where you are able to like appreciate the shared history these characters yeah. have when Podrick finally sees Tyrion again after several seasons separated and you know I was sitting here uh, for the finale and it's just like I'm giddy watching Cersei talk to Danny and then Cersei turn and talk to John. like it's been yes. so those long are the moments coming. that made Game of Thrones so dope yeah just the and dialogue ones I just I, I really think it's it it, they've done a really great job of weaving all these characters together. Yeah. Even if the pacing has been weird, just the way that they do eventually mm-hmm. meet it is really beautifully done. And uh, to me, that's one of the problems I have when people say, oh, the writing on the show sucks or the writing on the show sucks now. It, you, if you're saying that you don't know how to criticize writing, because there's a lot of different yeah. aspects to writing. Structurally, the show is still brilliant. It's just in sort of the pacing. that it, The pacing's quicked up, yeah, but... yeah. And so just, the Cersei interaction, like I was saying, the the Jamie scene where he almost died, I was like, oh my goodness, that had my heart racing. And then the season finale, literally, my I can't, I don't want to call it my favorite scene, but the one scene that got me, like the one scene where I'm like in that 90 minute episode where I finally went like, oh, was when I thought Cersei was gonna pull out the hound on him. There, there or, second, yeah, there was two moments where he she almost turns to the mountain. Uh, first with Tyrion, and then with Jamie. The um, one with Tyrion was just like. I don't know. I kind of feel Tyrion is the Daryl of the show. Daryl in The Walking Dead. If, if he dies, they riot. Like, I really don't think that's going to happen. So I was yeah. like, whatever. But honestly, I feel like Jamie's going to bite it. So when I saw him with the dragon one, I'm like, he's dead. Like, there's no way. And first of all, it re- I kind of... Have you seen it? When you rewatch that scene, he's on the horse. And it's like two inches of water. And then he uh, Bronn <laughs> saves him. And it turns into the lagoon. Yeah, yeah. Just know, again, the logic, logic is... Yes. is I, well, you were saying, and again, we're not one to say, but I feel like, yes, in older seasons of Game of Thrones, it wouldn't have been dragon number B <laughs> to have bit the dust. It would have been the dragon we've been seeing over and over and over again. Right. What would have been the most dope way? Yo, one of Khaleesi's dragons dying, and that changes her whole motives. But he died because Jamie killed him. Yeah. And, and Jamie I- died doing that. That would have been insane. A yeah. dragon and Jamie dying, that is... Or at least doing a little bit more to, to make us care about, uh, what is it, Viserion? I, I don't cares? know that I'm going to drag it. Yeah, like, it just, it, it was... Why does he have was, holes in his wings? How, yeah, how does that work aerodynamically? That was doesn't the thing that work I was aerodynamically. Like, it also made no sense because he had no holes in his wings. 
But then he kind of like oh, burn cool when he's falling up. Uh, yeah, it does look pretty. <laughs> it, it's pretty dope. Look cool. Blue, the blue flame, pretty dope. That blue eyes white dragon. Yeah. Although I don't know how they're they're gonna try and explain away that Tormund and Beric are still alive after uh, okay, the wall look, just crashed all around. I them. don't care how they do it, but that man better still be alive. <laughs> if if they didn't kill Tormund beyond the wall when he almost got dragged, yeah, by he's not gonna lights. get killed off screen. Exactly. Uh, so we've talked a bit about some of our favorite points, some of our least favorite points. I, I did want to mention, uh, building off of your Jamie point, that I thought this was an excellently acted season from Nikolai Coster Waldo. I would love to see him get he's... some Emmy or Golden Globes love. He should. He, he, I mean, he's just been so conflicted, so morally conflicted. Every range, yes. You can really feel that in his performances. Uh, but I've also thought that uh, in the later episodes, particularly this last episode that Tyrion was very good uh I'd love to see uh Peter Dinklage once again sort of be mentioned in the mm -hmm. Emmys conversation were there any other actors that you thought were particularly good particularly interesting or just the uh, usual Lena Headey is always Lena Headey's always fantastic I mean you took mine for mine it was Jamie I think Jamie was the standout of, of, of season seven like I said he was the character that when something was going to happen to him it got to me everyone else I'm, I was looking at John I was like you know John you grew on me in the past seasons but I'm not going to lie. I was one of the John haters in seasons one, two, and three. Yeah. I thought he was lame. And this season re reminded me why. Because he couldn't lie. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. I mean, I rem that literally took <laughs> we, me back. We, I was like, that's we right. Almost I thought united you were lame. All the, king all the kingdoms of the living. But you couldn't just tell you a little white lie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, no, I haven't hidden the fact that I think Daenerys is kind of annoying. Um, I guess Tormund? But that's not really an acting. That's more just like in, the, in a character that I like. Uh, yeah. Bronn as well. These are sort of the side characters that I really enjoy. I love seeing Tormund, mm -hmm. Bronn. I think it's also been fun to see the Hound sort of become softer and a little bit more caring. Uh, that would have been another one, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. see, seeing him freak out a lot more. Yeah. It, the first time we Show see him, he's scared of flames. The second fire, time we yeah. see him, he can't take care of the polar bear. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the polar bear. The third time that we see him, um, the conflict with his brother. Still wanting to kill his brother. Who's already dead? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like that he got stuck with the job of carrying that box. The hound gets the worst job. With Scooby doing his like, huh? <laughs> that was fun. Uh, so, do you have any predictions for season eight? Well, I've been telling you this. All right, like, let me throw you out these predictions. Uh, the prediction has been all along: Daenerys is going to be the bad guy. Yeah. The, what are the writers' names? The producers? Benioff and Weiss. You know, I say don't watch trailers. Mm-hmm. Don't watch the after specials for Game of Thrones. They, they don't know how to shut up. No. They they so in the after the episode where Danny and John see the etchings in the cave. They're talking about how like Yes. This is the beginning of an attraction. Like <laughs> Thank don't you. tell me. They I want you. I want that to You remember yes. They, they, they've been doing this all the way back. I remember back, and I kind of, because uh, I wasn't watching them, so I can't fully guarantee, but from what I remember, they kind of also gave away the Jon Snow coming back thing. Yeah, they Like, they just the way they talk about it. He's like, if there was one character to come back, it would be him. <laughs> uh, and We're you were smarter right. than that, Earlier in this life. season, as I was watching it, because I always just watch them, because they always, they, they do add some, like, really cool tidbits in there, but mm -hmm. they don't know how to shut up. Yeah. And as he was talking about it, yes, you were what you took exactly what I was gonna say. When they practically say, "Oh yeah, there's a sexual attraction there," I was like, "I didn't fully read that. I, I figured you, you, you just told me, right? Like that that didn't read to me. Whatever." Um, exactly. And then again, they they do this then, sort of at 
the finale, in the finale, where, where they mention in the uh, behind the scenes, like this might be. Well, it could be the beginning of the a beginning point of the or, demise between these yeah. two, and things are going to go very, very terrible, and they're not going to be the same again. Which really sucks because they just started kindling, and then it goes. I mean, thanks for confirming what I thought, right? Yeah. But really, <laughs> get get us to root for incest, and then then pull the rug exactly. out yeah, under and then us. pull it back. Yeah, it's it's insane because it, that is it's going to be the case. You know what? I've been saying it that Danny is. That person who doesn't, she just bend the knee, bend the knee, bend the yeah. knee, bend the knee. That's all she's been saying. And it's literally getting to that point that when she realizes, oh, well, you're all, you know, patriotic to your, to your family. Shouldn't it be the rightful person? Then we're going to actually see who she really is right. and see we're her go. See a test of how good of a leader she really exactly. is. Exactly. And she's show you to... that she really doesn't want to give it up. Uh, yeah. So go full that's Mad my Queen theory or something. There. I still think Tyrion is going to take a hold of a dragon at some point. Uh, theories with the White Walker is a lot of people believe it's Bran. Yeah, Bran a lot ends of people up time are traveling that. all the way to the back, gets stuck in a body. I don't see how he would walk. That seems a little I don't weird. Know, make whatever. I do like the one someone says it's Rhaegar. That Rhaegar never died. Hmm. Which would be Jon's dad. Yeah. And that's yeah. why he's able to ride the dragon. That's kind of interesting. I mean, th- I think he's supposed that's to why he keeps be looking a at Stark, John. but that's kind of. I mean, that would complicate the whole incest thing even more. But for what? Uh, I think the Night King is supposed to be a Stark. Oh, he is? Okay. I think, I think. But I, I don't really know. Uh, yeah, uh, I. there's a lot of interesting stuff. I don't really expect the Bran Night King thing to pay off, but I think well, that's kind Bran's of like... Because Bran's an a, idiot? Yeah. <laughs> and he, has, just, he has all of it at his disposal, and it takes what's his name to be like, actually, uh, they were married. <laughs> like, I think if Bran were to be the Night King, they would use Bran more. But it seems like if Benioff and Weiss could, they would have just, like, eliminated Bran and, like, not used him. Like, they're yeah. kind of just keeping him along to be useful in to small To be a convenient tidbits. plot. Yeah, he's kind of convenient. I'll he's say not this. really one of My the integral characters. My theory that I characters. had, um, and other people have said this, about that Game of Thrones is pretty much uh, the final episode of The Office, that or the final season, where the, it's just all a retelling. I think goes hand in hand now that Bran has met Sam. And Sam I was going to say, that him. was the one thing that you needed to add to your theory. Exactly. If this is all Bran and going they met. through throughout history, he's then telling it to Sam who can write it down. Because I'm not sure Bran knows how to read and write. Although Absolutely he does know everything. Not. But okay, let's be completely honest. We know who's going to do all the work. It's freaking girlfriend. Gilly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's got to be the best gift. You've she seen it, right? no credit. Yeah. When you, when, yeah. When your man takes all the credit. <laughs> Um, other predictions for season eight. I mean, for I think the thing that's going to be really intriguing is to see how they play out this whole uh, living versus dead. Because you can't just kill off the Night King in episode two of season eight. But then again, is it going to be Why interesting? Not? Is it going to be interesting if we a whole another season? No. And we also got more important stuff because I don't. I never cared of do you. They're the first thing that's shown in Game of Thrones. In the it, first episode, it's the White Walkers. The White Walkers. They're the, the, the first like dead horse shown. parts. Yeah, or the something. dead horse with those. Yeah, we have to get an answer for like what all those spirals and stuff mean. Yeah, I don't think we're ever gonna get that, but uh, you know they were the first thing that were shown. I never cared about them. I always yeah. cared about everything else. The actual Game of Thrones, you know, yeah. all the political stuff. Uh, so I really hope it gets there. Uh, speaking on the, on that side, who do you think's gonna kill Cersei? And two, you know she ain't pregnant, right? 
I mean, do you, th- so, okay. No, 100%. Do you think, you, you, you are sure she's not pregnant there? You you don't think this is just a ploy? I don't have an after episode clip from Betty Hop telling us, but uh, easily she did that to manipulate uh, Jamie, 100%. And Tyrion. And when yeah. she was doing it with Tyrion, I noticed the cutaways and her doing this, mm-hmm. and I realized, she, oh, she's so smart. Right. She knows Tyrion is that person who does the Sherlock thing, and she's like, all right, I'm just going to give him the clue. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say something that's going to have him connect the dots and be like, oh, my goodness, I figured out something. And she's like, that's exactly what I want you to know. Not because to as mention, we see what happens later, it was a setup to, to make him she believe. she waits until he says that I cared about your children to to drop that. So that is a, that's an interesting point. She's smart. I, I, I do think that to an extent that, like, that's always been Cersei's thing is, like, assuring that the Lannisters stay in power, and if there are no more Lannisters, she, it, it would be mm-hmm. weird for her to be acting this way. That being said, like there is that prophecy from the books that so she can't will only happen. have three children. So happen. again, rules. Do you yeah. get what I mean? Rules. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, that she doesn't end up having a kid either way. Uh, that she'll be killed. Uh, there is the idea that. Uh, of the whole Valencar thing. Little brother, yeah. uh, Little brother will kill her. I think, though, so the show doesn't actually mention Valencar. That's a book-only thing. I think that they might use that to end up having Arya still find her way to King's Landing and kill her. I I think uh, Arya, now that she's sort of, like, gotten back to her family, can sort of refocus on her Mm -hmm. list. Uh, So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Arya ends up taking care of not just Cersei, but the Mountain, too. Sure, why not? I'm kind of tired of Arya. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she. it was a weird turn for her this season. Very weird. Uh, yeah, what other, uh, other things yeah. are going to drop for season eight? I mean, do we th- have a long time, but... Do you think the show ends with Jon on the Iron Throne? No, I think it ends with no one on the Iron Throne. Interesting. I think that the potential interesting way that the show could end, I think it's more likely for the books, is that the White Walkers just wipe everyone out. Which would and be dope. It's, it's the, like, you should it's their have story. listened. It's, it's the climate change analogy <laughs> the whole way through. Like, this looming threat was bigger and you should have been paying attention to it. And then we get uh, a spinoff. <laughs> they don't I even mean, talk. Game of Thrones is planning that. Any, uh, HBO is planning that anyway. Uh, they right. want all sorts of prequel series and stuff like that. So the why not just give us better episodes? Oh my god! <laughs> it's, got money for a honestly, spinoff, it's, spinoff for episodes. Benioff and Weiss are just tired of making the show. I'm a hundred percent sure that's what it is at this point. They decided we will do this for two more years. We'll put in all of our effort, but then we're done. We're do- we want that Confederate money now. <laughs> we want that crazy stuff that we. Know I mean, you can't just let hot IP like Confederate go to waste. Oh, no, you gotta you gotta cast Ed Screen in that bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> So we move on to our final segment from the topic to the week uh, to New to See, where we go over the new movies in theaters and on streaming, starting with the new in theaters. Not a whole lot. We're in that season of August, September, where they kind of don't give you much really interesting until the fall awards season movies start to hit. Uh, We are finally getting Tulip Fever, the long-delayed film that I believe was... Originally shot back in 2014 by director Justin Chadwick. This stars Alicia Vikander, Dane DeHaan, Jack O'Connell, and Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, this one I want to say like played at TIFF like two years ago, like two, three years ago. 
So uh, that's not good. Finally, finally, the Weinstein company is putting it out, but it has pretty bad Weinstein? buzz around it. Yeah. Uh, also, we're getting unlocked with Numi Rapace, Orlando Bloom, Tony Collette, Michael Douglas, and interestingly, they're doing a Close Encounters of the Third Kind re-release this that, weekend. Yeah. 4K. Uh, director Steven Spielberg's classic, getting that uh, restoration. Also, in limited release, let's play a quick game of Have You Heard of Any of These Titles? Art, you ready? Let's go. Dolores. No. <laughs> Viceroy's House. No. Do, uh, do It Like an Ombre. Oh, Do It Like it. No. <laughs> the Teacher. <laughs> no. Temple. No. Jackals. No. And I do until I don't. I don't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, a whole bunch of limited release coming out apparently, but not a lot. On, on Apple TV? <laughs> very happily, very heavily advertised. Um, I actually did see I Do Until I Don't, that last one. It's the new film from Lake Bell as a writer-director. She also yeah, of course you stars. Would. Yeah, that's that's kind of my corner is the Lake Bell yeah. corner. Uh, it's okay. It's a pretty pretty enjoyable, unromantic romantic comedy about a couple couples who are sort of hitting some marital strife, but... So a Lake it's, Bell movie. It all sort of turns out nicely in the end because it's a, a Lake romantic Bell comedy. Movie. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> fi- it's fine. I have a review coming out in Time Out, so uh, look for that on my Twitter. New to VOD on August 29th, we are getting Baywatch hitting VOD, as well right. as Dean, the Dimitri Martin movie, My Cousin Rachel with uh, Rachel Weiss, that movie yeah. that confused me a little bit ago, and a new film starring Penelope Cruz called The Queen of Spain. Uh, have you seen Baywatch? I have not seen Baywatch. Cool. I'm probably gonna watch it uh, at home because I heard like terrible things, and I also feel like it's one yeah. where you want to drink with your buddies and like make fun of it. Yeah. So, it's two hours long. Is it really? Yeah. Ugh, who has the time? For Why? That? I don't need that much Zac Efron yeah. in my life. Uh, new to streaming, Netflix on September 1st is getting a whole bunch of new movies, including Gone Baby Gone, Pulp Fiction, Requiem for a Dream, Jaws 1, 2, 3, and Revenge, and Narcos Season 3! That's right, Season three's coming out. Yeah, uh, the... Should probably watch Season 2. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should catch up on that. Um, I actually... Have... Not even done in season one, so. But I know a lot of people really love, love Narcos. Yeah, yeah, Netflix it's claims it's one of their most watched shows. I don't really know about that, oh, but. Uh, and also on September second, Netflix is getting Vincent in Roxy. This is a kind of hard-boiled, dark horror drama kind of thing. It's a pretty cool movie starring Emil Hirsch, Zoe Kravitz, and Scott Mescudi. I saw this at Tribeca two years ago and really enjoyed it. So uh, it might be worth catching up with on a Sunday afternoon, something like that. HBO Go on September 1st is getting a whole bunch of new comedies, including Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Dumb and Dumber, How High, and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. They're also getting some new Al Pacino films, like Scent of a Woman and Scarface. Uh, On September 2nd, HBO Go is unveiling A Monster Calls, that Liam Neeson CG, almost BFG kind of movie. I don't know. I didn't see that one. And uh, unveiling Sesame Street Season 47. Uh, now that HBO finally has the uh, rights to the new episodes and such. Art, knowing all that, do you have any picks for the week? Picks for the week. Defenders, Atypical, and that's it. Watch those in the comfort of your own home. Oh, and of course, if you get your movie pass and you get it for nine ninety five, and it comes in the mail, make sure you go watch Briggsby Bear. Support it. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go out and say Wind River. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but it's in the top five in the box office, which seems strange for a Taylor Sheridan movie. So yeah. I'm going to do my part and try and keep it there. I'm going to catch up with it finally. And I know you recommend it as one of your favorites of the year so far. Really so uh, I want to catch up with that and talk to you about it because I'm a big fan of Taylor Sheridan's writing as a guy who did uh, yes. the screenplay for what was the vi- villain movie? Uh, Sicario. Sicario and Hello High, High Water. Water. Yeah. So uh, I'm all That's for good. Wind River. All right, so that just about does it for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, at ZShevich, or on Instagram, also at ZShevich, and check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash show for more from me. Art, where can people find more from you? Find me on Facebook for those memes. Find me on Twitter for my up-to-date thoughts. Find me on Instagram for my occasional picture, like, monthly. Or follow me at the ADZ Show on YouTube so we can talk about movies. Got a lot of music stuff coming out. Ooh. Got a little Uzi video coming out because I've been listening to him a bit. Uh, and yeah, just a bunch of other stuff there. Go comment on there. Go yell at me. Comment on multiple videos. It helps the algorithm. Uh, and yeah, even much. if it's negative stuff. Even if it's negative stuff. Yeah. I, you don't get I appreciate it. If you watch a views of you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so. all about that CPM, man. Yeah. Gotta drive those Let's up. Let's go. But yeah, we can talk <laughs> movies over there. Or you can talk movies with us here at the Intercut. Yes, you can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast by checking us out here on YouTube where we'll be publishing new episodes now that we're back from a little bit of a summer August break. We'll be getting back into our regular routine. Also, like our Facebook and our Twitter pages and Instagram, too, at Intercut Pod for updates throughout the week. So thanks again for tuning in. And until until next time, remember, I wouldn't try and pass off ancient wisdom as my own. To you. <laughs> was that a quote from something? Yeah, that was a Game of Thrones thing. <laughs>